Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 201 with designer Ming Shu. It's really great to have Ming on the show. I was introduced to her from a friend, friend of ours, and it was really great to see the work that she's been producing. If you look at her work, you wouldn't see, you would think that she'd been doing this stuff for quite a long time. She's accelerated incredibly quickly, and it's very cool to see. Um, she's been at it for for a couple of years now, and she's currently working at Elastic, which is obviously a very great studio, and they're producing great work. So it's really cool to see her approach. She's very open and very curious, and so in this conversation, in this podcast specifically, there's a lot of dialogue back and forth because I'm answering questions that she has inquiries about. So it's it's really interesting. It's a cool episode that's a lot of back and forth. We talk a lot about movies. We go kind of down a portal of movies, and she suggested some really great Korean films that I'm adding to my list as well. We talk about films and just um, goals and what we would be doing and, and future stuff and all that kind of stuff. You know, common questions and things that come up in these episodes, but also just kind of um, some further insight into what it is that we're doing and just getting inspired by things and where things are going in the industry and all that kind of fun stuff. Lots of really interesting um, tips and, and things that come about in this conversation. So I think some really great key takeaways for you if you're um, starting out if you're or if you're active in the industry and all that kind of good stuff and you want to get some inspiration or motivation to keep going, um, share some books and all kinds of great stuff. So um Let's get into it. This is going to be episode 201. Let's begin. Usually, I mean, this is basically kind of something that has become a somewhat of a trend in the episodes is basically just to help me understand where you come from. Yes. It's, I'm more or less curious as like, what was the catalyst? Why are you doing what you do now? Yes. You know, do, did you have, did you have a moment in your life where you're, you knew that you wanted to be creative or an artist or did you have parents? I mean, what was it for you? Yeah. Uh, I was learning like, um, traditional, drawing when I was very young, like uh, four years old, five years old. So my mom like took me to painting class on every weekend and I uh, participated a lot of like competition, art competition and got very good reward. And I think I started to build like build up my confidence. And uh, later a lot of people said I should be a I should be an artist. And I started to like train, like continue for years, um, like just still like traditional art, painting, like watercolor, um, sketch and uh, oil painting. And I applied to art school, which is the top um, fine art academy in China. I was born in China, by the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I got rejected uh, twice. Oh, interesting. And uh, yeah, and I kind of uh, started to question myself it is the if if it is the right way for me to do that or not should I still do that um and uh, yeah but I didn't give up but I think I changed to another direction but because at that time I'm kind of um interesting like in film and I know like in film category like production design is kind of the closest to kind of what I learned 
what I have, uh, what I learned before as fine art, mm-hmm. I can kind of maybe apply my skill to production design. So I applied to film school and I studied production design for four years. And it turns out I don't really like enjoy it. I have to admit, but I don't want to admit. I <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, I think it's because of like, um, I don't think I can fully use my skills, which I learned uh, in live action, because like live action is involved a lot of, you know, uh, schedule, budget, and people. Yeah. So yeah, um, if like sometime our location scouting is very perfect, we found the, the perfect like set location for everything. We kind of started to build up decoration. And like before uh, the day of shooting, just they said, oh, uh, the people just rejected us. They they don't even wanted to like rent this place for us for shooting. So like things been changing a lot. So I found out, um, yeah, it's have a lot of limitation. Mm. So yeah, so so it's kind of like I like I kind of lost my passion and I yeah 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 and I started to think I might have to find another way Mm. and I also have to think this way I should also use my like skill which I already have and also like wanted to find back my passion so I try I my plan is to continue study and I moved to LA three years ago, and I went to school at Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, accidentally I took a class, and I kind of know motion design. Uh, I saw I saw a lot of titles, and I at that time, um, uh, the Westworld title is very like trendy, and I know the using like 3D software to achieve such stunning visual so i kind of started to um self-taught 3d mm. and i first pick up zbrush and i think i really enjoy it because zbrush is very close to uh traditional uh fine art mm-hmm. like scouting in real life yeah yeah doesn't really like maya uh because i pick up i i, I learned maya like years ago but the first time i gave up because i think oh wow this is like two different ways of thinking but when i pick up zbrush it's kind of very close to painting yeah so i just swapped out zbrush and uh yeah and i just want to make the sculpt uh the the model i sculpt look better so i kind of learn render lighting and texturing so it's it's like a process after I achieved one single image, I think which very cool. I kind of want to have more. So I kind of to have a kind of starting to learn a title sequence because I thought it's very interesting. Like I could apply um, the camera, which I learned from film school, the mm. camera language, the film language, which I learned from film school to title sequence mm. and I can also apply my artistic artistic skill into that yeah so yeah wow. I think that's yeah 
That's great. That's really cool. I'm taking notes too, so I can come back to it. So make sure yeah, you're not yeah. missing anything. Yeah, That's yeah. really interesting. So growing up in China, then deciding to move to LA and then going yeah. to film school and having these, like these fluctuations in your career till you find what you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, how's the, how's it, the education programs and systems in China? I'm not really not familiar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in China is very like they have a certain like, principle so um as for art i don't think they're very like i mean for apply for an art school mm-hmm. uh back to the time when i apply it it's not very open-minded you can you can you cannot apply like your personal style or anything into like the test the exam and um mm, I think everyone is following one kind of style, which is very sad because I was trained to be like mimic one style, but it ends up I uh, if but it the, the it ends up like if I want to like just create an image, I don't even know like what's my style and I don't even know what I want to create because like all the stuff uh like in my head is like all the same, like all the stuff we've been doing all the time with other classmates are all the same. Hmm. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, as for film school, I think it's very cool because um, the film school allow us to uh, work as an intern while we, uh, we are still studying. So I get to know the film industry uh, when I was still like the first year of my semester. So I already kind of have my in- had my internship for a live action film. So I think which is cool because as like you can um, like jump into the industry very, very, very young when you're very young and you can figure out if it if it is the thing for you or not very young. Like for me, I figure out it might not be the thing for me, so I kind of switch very quick. Mm. I think it's cool, and also like we kind of involved to the real film industry in China when we were still a student. I think it really helped. Um, like after I after we graduate, which means like it, it, we already build up a very solid foundation, like for whatever skills or even networking whatever Mm. yeah interesting that's cool though it's cool that you've been following your passions and then also readjusting and aligning to find what matters most to you and it's really cool that you've taken to liking things like zbrush and stuff Mm -hmm. um was so does zbrush one of the first 3d programs that you used or was was there other ones that you started using first yeah, ZBrush is the first one. That makes sense that you like it because I think for people like myself who didn't use it for the first mm-hmm. 3D program, it's really hard to learn because the methodologies and the, and the ideas behind how it works is so different from any other 3D program. The process, right. that's what makes it so difficult for most of us that learn, yeah. say, another program. And then when we go into it, we're like, wait, what? Where is this? What is that thing? Yeah. 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 So yeah. The language is interesting. So yeah. yeah, and I could also like imagine if the first pro- 3D program I pick up, if it is Houdini, hmm. I probably like maybe change to another direction. Sure. Because yeah, yeah, the system in my in my mind is just really so different. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah. yeah, Houdini is a very cool program, but I mean, I just wish I could have the system for that program. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> I really like I like when I mean, obviously, I, I like ZBrush when I can figure out how it works. Usually, it's just my own error is usually yeah. the biggest problem because I'm always like trying to figure out you know, what's wrong with, you know, <laughs> what, what my problem is with it basically. Cause uh -huh. usually it's, it's a user error, but it's such a powerful program once you understand it. Yeah. Um, once, once you understand how to activate the buttons, you will just like, yeah, like the real life sculpting, like drawing. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you learned it pretty quick. And this is, what's your process with learning things? Like, do you have a process and what, where do you, where do you find that you spend a lot of time learning new things? Uh, for, for ZBrush, um, or just anything in general, like oh, just, anything in yeah, general, cause it seems yeah, like you yeah. learn things pretty quickly or no. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I think a lot of great artists like better than me work, uh, learn things much like faster than me, I'm sure. Mm. So, um, for ZBrush, I took a fundamental class, like, so for me, like, Mm, because like English is also a problem for me, and also after that class, I can so I can search like any tutorials from just from YouTube, so that I can it can help me understand how to yeah how to like just how to like yeah how to, yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, actually to be honest, as for Octane render, I. I I learned it from your tutorial. <laughs> oh really? Wow. Yes. Cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's from amazing. Learn Square. Yeah, from Learn Square. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Learn yeah. Square plug. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not 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 designed, but that's really cool. I'm happy that I could at least help because I learned what I learned from friends, and then In Life Thrill was a really good resource. I think that guy had some great stuff. And that was the first time I ever used a render too. So it was like yeah trying to teach people how to use it. I wasn't even, mm -hmm. I felt like it was hard for me to teach it because I was still learning it myself, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, once mm -hmm. you figure it out, it's, 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 it's not that bad actually. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really great render. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you, you started the, you, uh, the tutorial with like a title sequence, yeah. the hand and the, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I just really enjoying. Yeah. And it's just very, it the video is the tutorial is very friendly to me so yeah great well i think yeah. that's great to hear because i mean the the whole idea is it was designed around the idea that um i didn't know everything and it was mainly just how i've approached weird problems and mm -hmm. processes because you know when you get into these things there's always there's always like some sort of thing that becomes a, a problem or you know like when you're learning things and you're trying new things out there's always like errors or something weird that gets in the way and you just have to learn to go with the process of yeah you know, the, the flow of it basically mm. um, and learning new software is always interesting because the, the trick is it's that everything is there you just have to like figure out a way of of accessing it through the right order of buttons basically which is like so such a pain but once yeah. you figure it out it's so much it's 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 a really great process it just takes mm. a long time yeah 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 so learning these things, it seems like you learn it pretty quick, even though, like you said, you don't, but it seems like you probably do, which is really <laughs> cool. Do you like, what's your ratio a day of like when you're learning something, are you, do you just go for hours and hours or do you have breaks or what, what's your process like? 
yeah, uh, when I was still a student, I don't think I really like have breaks because oh. once I yeah once once I get into it, I would just continue. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, but but for now, oh, this feeling like like really, like, I feel like I had this feeling like really long time ago. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And so yeah, so going in through so <coughs> you're you're working professionally now. Um, what studio are you at right now? Oh, Elastic. Okay, cool. And what's your thoughts on Elastic? Was this a dream position for you? And how long have you been working with them? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a dream place for me. And I worked there for almost six months. Mm. How do yeah, you like yeah. it? Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, the project, they are very cool. Uh, we work mainly on main titles from design to production. And sometimes I help with pitch. And um, yeah, I really love it. That's yeah, cool. and the people people there are very cool. And uh, there's uh, so many like senior artists. If I have like any question, I just ask them, and always like, yeah, they're very helpful. Yeah, that's great to be around that that kind of talent. Really helps a lot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you get then you can have a lot of time to just. Ask questions and learn as you go and, and work at, and learn as you go, which is really cool. I can't remember. Yeah. Is is Patrick Clare still there or is... Uh, no, not there anymore. I think I think uh, he left before I I first came to the studio. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is, yeah. Raul is still working on stuff there, right, though? Uh, I don't think so. No? Okay. No. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember because I know that... Yeah, um, I mean, I don't keep up on everybody's business, so I don't really yeah. try not. I try yeah. not to bother with that because I don't. I don't know. Um, I think they're freelancing like right now. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah because they, I remember. I think the thing is, I think I remember with Elastic, it was um, it was Game of Thrones title sequences, the first one I remember seeing from them. Yeah, and that was a while ago, and then um, so slowly they started coming out big and. <laughs> it's pretty crazy the, yeah. the amount of work that comes out of that studio is pretty amazing. It's a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of work mm-hmm. that comes out. Yeah, there. but yeah, that's cool, awesome. And so, how how is your application process? A lot of people that are listening to this podcast are a stri- striving mm-hmm. artist or wanting to achieve their own dreams and work at like a, you know the idea of them working at a studio like Elastic is a dream yeah. for them. Yeah. What was your process like? Because I had my own process with getting mm-hmm. hired at Prologue. Did you put a mm-hmm. portfolio together? Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did you approach this? And how how did how did you align yourself up so that you could work at Elastic? Yeah, sure. Yeah, first of all, like you have to have a very like um, nice looking portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, before I started to build up my portfolio to apply for Elastic. I just open up Elastic's website. Mm. I try to uh, gather as much info, uh, image as possible. I'm just putting the bridge to to have a take a look to f- trying to find out which kind of um, because they do have some like multiple styles. Yeah. So I I was trying to figure out which style which style is the closest I can get and which style is that like more I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And um yeah, I just made um I made my thesis project and I 
I put it on my Instagram and my I, I my website, and I uh, for my Instagram Instagram I use like hashtag <laughs> trying sure. to get people's attention, and uh, yeah I think uh, uh, one of the director at Elastic saw my Instagram oh, like okay. portfolio yeah yeah and um, yeah just got the job that's great i think that's that's kind of how it works too it seems to be more or less nowadays and yeah more people are able to use that's a smart that's kind of smart way because it's changed so much even in just the i've been let's see i've been working in the industry for about seven or eight years it's changed so much even in that little bit of period of time because yeah back then it was all about like you have to have a website and the Mm. website has to be good obviously websites are good now but they're not as important as they used to be yeah. Like, like, but then you have to also um, reach out to them or you have to get like mm-hmm. spotlighted on a place like Motionographer. Um, yeah. But it's interesting how it's changed so much, you know. What yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously you've utilized it in a sense so that yeah. you, you basically found a way to do it. Um, like you were just using like uh, certain hashtags that you knew would maybe attack, attract, attract them. Mm, yeah um the the like the three method you mentioned before mm-hmm. i also repair, uh, prepare for that like like uh submit like my work to some competition yeah and uh like build build up my own portfolio and trying to reach out to studios by emails but yeah um, sometimes it's hard to get their attention but i think using like cell phone instagram or Behance, it's just very fast because um, everyone kind of ex- have time explore on Instagram or Behance every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, if you if you just click, uh, the algorithm is like if you just click some like motion designers artwork, it will just show up something similar. So yeah, kind of work. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah Interesting yeah. strategy. What yeah. do you th- What do you think it's going to be in five years from now? Do you have an idea what it'll be? Ah, I have no idea. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. You said you're full-time there at Elastic, right? Yeah, 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 right now. Yeah. yeah. I feel like title sequences in Elastic has really changed the, there's also been a, a massive change and a shift. Because when I remember when I was working at um, Prologue, yeah. it was like a lot of practical stuff, a lot of physical yes. in, yes. in-camera photography and stuff. And then that would be like, merged with you know because cgi wasn't as strong as it is now we didn't have octane and things like that and gp rendering wasn't it wasn't there so i I feel like elastics kind of led the way with a lot of the cgi stuff which Mm -hmm. i find really interesting but Mm -hmm. it's um it's always it's always interesting to see where this stuff goes you know from my standpoint because you have on in my in my opinion i don't really pay attention to things too much as much as i used to but mm-hmm. you have like the photorealistic kind of stylized octane render, and then you have the the style like like Buck Studio has, which is more. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't say it's all like it, but they have animations and keyframe stuff and kind of stylized illustrative kind of style stuff too. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. I always wonder, hmm, what's the trend for the next thing? You know? Yeah. yeah. There. Yeah, I'm also thinking about that because like. I think um, especially CGI title is very kind of like being expanding very well. Yeah. I'm just always like looking for maybe something new will happen 
maybe yeah. go back to live action. I don't know.、Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you like do you live、think? action? Yeah, yeah, I do like because before that, I I said like I saw limitation like from like live action, but、mm. <laughs> I think right now maybe I think I might、uh, see something limitation in CGI. I might some I might go back for to live action later. I don't know. It's hard to say. Sure. Yeah. 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 I guess it's just a matter. I always say it just it just depends on what it is that you're making, and it all comes down to the particular project because every project needs a different thing, you know.、That's, yeah. So, like Seven requires a certain type of style and aesthetic、yes. and editing style. Yes. And in, in comparison to say like Game of Thrones title sequence or something, so、yes. they need different things. You wouldn't want to do the same thing on both of those. It's no. Just, so it's no. almost like per project. So it, usually it, for me, it always it's always dictated by the culture and rhythm and trends that occur inside the、yeah. actual system. The bigger idea, the bigger things beyond the title sequence, which is like the content of the show and what the shows are saying, how they're delivering、yeah. it and stuff too. So yeah,、right. yeah. But, yeah, spe- yeah. Speaking of that, can I ask you some question, kind of related to this? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been seeing you doing like a lot of photography、mm-hmm. and even using live action in your personal work.、Mm-hmm. Is that is that because of like something like you might saw some limitation of three D or you wanted to trying to like ex- explore like something new? It's、mm, a good、is、question. That- yeah, I, th- I think it's it's all of those together. For me, it was more or less. It's like、uh, um, sometimes you want to photograph something because nature or something can capture it better than CGI ever can, or it's、yes. like the, the, it's so much work that it's better to just use something real and composite it、um, because it's so much faster.、Mm-hmm. So I think it's like、hmm, when I think about why I do that, it's just it's mainly because I think the the best version is the hybrid version between CGI and then photography. I think that's really the key. That's the that's the difference. I think,、um, mm-hmm. and I think that's well at least for me、um, because I feel like that's where a lot of films are. And I think for me, it's just like it's mo- it's mainly because it comes down to the idea, right? So if the idea is like. Uh, for edifice, for example, so I had the idea of like, oh, this like a、uh, this woman on a glass box, a woman、mm-hmm. body, and I'm like, okay, well, and covered in plastic, and yeah, I could go and model it and render、mm. it and do all that stuff, but it wouldn't ever look the way that my mind、mm. saw it. My mind didn't see it being a CGI thing; it was、right. al- always real. So, and it's a lot faster to to do that because then you、mm. just. You build a prop and then you set it up and make it happen. So,、mm-hmm. um, I think it's more or less just exploring things and trying different options and things out. So, <clears throat> but I don't know. It's it's usually it's just per case because some projects require it and some don't. So, it's mainly just because that's how I saw it in my head.、Mm-hmm. So, I don't think there's one right way or not because sometimes CGI is better than doing it practical because CGI can be. So much more versatile, you know. So,、mm-hmm. um, but it's, it all just depends on the project, I think. Really, to be honest, because、um, some need really stark, clean, you know, blunt design, like a Saul Bass or something.、Mm-hmm. So you go very blunt and very hard edge and very like 
authentically bold, I guess, you know, so, <clears throat> and then some things are photoreal and that might be the trend. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things, really. It's a lot of things I think about. So, um, mm -hmm. but I think for me, a lot of, oftentimes it's a hybrid. It's all about the hybrid, the connection between the two things. Mm -hmm. And once you have that, then, then you can find a really good balance, you know, so. Mm. yeah it, but it's always it's also very difficult with the compositing because you have to get hdris and all that stuff because you have to match the lighting and everything so mm. um and mapping right. and compositing so too so um but yeah i don't know a lot of that also came from just my influence from films as well and real like how films are made usually it's half of it's in camera and the other half is done cgi um, yeah so but I really love films like Ex Machina and stuff where it's like yes. seamless and really well done. Um, but at the same time, really high level CGI and design. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. But it's, it's, there's a, there's so much to it, really. There is so much to it. And I feel like CGI, because of the dawn of the GPU, like mm -hmm. I am, I'm actually rendering a whole sequence right now for uh, Ooh, wow. the next film right now. Cause they, I don't, hopefully that? you can't hear it. My machines is kind of going in the background, but um, it's, it's never ending, but it's really cool to, to see the evolution of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, with the GTX or with all the RTX technology and there's always mm -hmm. going to be, you know, next month it'll be like DDX or something, you know, like there's always mm -hmm. something coming out. So mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up with it. Do you have a, a machine at home that you use or do you, do most of your work at um at the office yeah i do have i have a machine box at home uh yeah i use it for like um two years yeah okay. yeah yeah but i think i need to update it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while yeah but yeah mostly i've been using the machine in the office yeah yeah it's probably better and you guys i imagine you have a farm there too which is probably helps yeah too. yeah 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 nothing like a farm to help you out so yeah i have i have a um a couple connections that are great and some friends that have access to extra machines that really helps a lot too but mm -hmm. i'm excited for the future of the cloud-based stuff so you can just kind of you don't have to have a really crazy machine you could do it all live almost through a browser because <laughs> yeah. that's really the future i think so yeah, but there will be less limitation. Yeah, just so people can create things more often, you know. So, because once yeah. you remove the tool and all these things that get in the way, it's so much better. Because, yeah, did you make your machine or did you have it made? Uh, I ordered some pieces from. Is that an advertisement? <laughs> oh <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Go for it. No, yeah, 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 from CyberPower, and uh, they just helped me like assemble it together and ship it from the factory to my place cool yeah 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 that's really cool though it's cool that you just kind of find what you like and then you just go and go after it and approach it and try things because that's what you have to do with this because it is so new that you have to basically kind of put things together and do a lot of reading online as to what's the best components and yeah there's so many things like i use redshift now and redshift like, oh, wow. is very particular i haven't used octane for a while now mm -hmm. and redshift is particular it's not like octane where you can scale it by just bridging things together it's very hard mm -hmm. to I have two machines with three gpus each and what I was doing with Octane is I would just net render basically and connect them. Mm -hmm. So I'd have six GPUs, but Redshift doesn't work like that. And you don't realize that until like you're already into it. You're like, oh man, what the heck? So <laughs> there's always something. There's always something that gets in the way. <laughs> 
and it's, it's just it's because the the technology and the art is emerging so quickly but yeah it's it's cool i don't know do you what we're in a, in your career when you look back at it and what you've done is there a moment that you can recall or remember like um like a like a, a really good growth spurt like something that like a moment where you can remember having it um, like good epiphany or a good thought about um, how your career is aligning or the work that you're doing and and something that basically you know you're in the right place doing what you're supposed to be doing mm. oh, I think I'm still very like early in my career um, but yeah uh, recently I've been like learning like not only like technical stuff and I also like kind of observing like the creative director, art director in our office, mm-hmm. like trying to understand how the way, how they like um, lead the designers and how they kind of um, scheduling everything. I think it's, this is also very interesting. Like, cause from school, from, uh, from like uh, whatever, before I can only like focus um practicing skills and um, now like really sitting in a working environment work really like working in an industry right now I can like met more people more professional and uh, kind of observing and learning how they kind of build up a team and how they lead a team I think this is very very interesting to me as Mm. now Mm. yeah are you thinking about possibly getting into doing more producing or is it something are you making running jobs in a different way? Uh, I'm not sure as for now because um, I would like to, to explore like maybe taking more responsibilities. Mm. But for now, um, I'm not really sure about that. But you're, I just, you're a designer yeah. there. Is that what you said that you're? Yeah, role yeah. Is? Yeah, I'm a designer. Yeah, yeah. So but I just love to watch like like how people run their responsibilities. Mm. I think whether if it is working or not, if some sometimes it's definitely working, sometimes it might not work. But but I think as a like like a uh, like a coworker not getting involved to the project, I can still learn a lot from that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you keep your mind open to learning new things because yeah, yeah. it's so important, especially when you work around other people because there's always something, there's a reason why they, they're working there and what you can learn from them too and understanding the process of why things work the way they are. Yes, yeah. yes. That's cool. Yeah. Um, would you consider, <laughs> is it a possibility that you're considering wanting to do like um, creative direction and stuff? Is that what you're talking about? Possibly evolving into that role? Yeah, yeah, because um, um, recently, like, I work on some pitch and, um, like, um, have to come up with different ideas, directions, mm-hmm. uh, helping the, like, creative direct- director to execute the ideas. And also, like, sometimes the responsibility is, is going to be, like, even heavier. Like, sometimes you just have to think about like a different approach of an, another concept. Yeah. I think like I really enjoy like um, researching, like to come up with the idea, researching like 
Yeah, I think this is very. I might. Yeah. <laughs> What's your research process like? So is that the so in, in regards to the entire creative process? Yeah. Your favorite part of the process is the researching and ideation part. Ah,、uh, I think my. Um. Yeah, I like research. Like just like the basic, like read through the script, and、uh, maybe like.、Um, Watch some like image or reference from the client deck, and、uh, yeah, that's basically yeah. So that part of the process. Yeah. What, when you're researching things, what are you looking for, or do you have a <coughs> excuse me a particular thing that you're you're like a, a like a, a formula that of things that you do? Do you? Do you do you write down notes? Do you sketch out ideas? Do you go on the computer? Do you look at a certain site? What what's、mm-hmm. your normal kind of rhythm with finding research and, and digesting、um, briefs? Because I have my own way, but I'm always curious about how other、mm-hmm. people process briefs.、Mm, yeah,、um, I think、mm, like I would do like two rounds of reference searching. The first rounds would be just very kind of、um, just to. Trying to get the mood of of the show,、mm-hmm. and、uh, like for sure, like every show have their time set up. You have to like follow that time, and、um, just the first round, I can. I'm. I was always trying to find the image, or even a video, whatever. Even also an installation, kind of have the feeling to the show. I don't know if it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. 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 And the second round is like more precise, like、uh, doing reading some background about the character,、mm-hmm. and to start to think from the character's perspective. Yeah. You come from a two D background, so do you often find that you're drawing out your ideas too, or do you go straight、yes. into the computer? Yes, I draw like kind of some now storyboard at first.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a sketchbook、yeah. that you use for that? Yes. Yeah, because I do too. I always have two books on my desk, always at all times. It's my sketchbook, and then it's my. I have this. Lo- I have this list book. Basically, it's like how I、mm-hmm. get all my stuff done, and it keeps me on track and keeps、oh. me on time. My calendar and everything too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I call it my accountability book. One's my sketchbook, and one's the accountability book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, I have、mm. another question. Sure. Yeah. So. Like you always multitask.、Mm-hmm. You you have like personal work and the work work and the learn square and、mm-hmm. the podcast. You <laughs> have a lot of thing going on at the same time. Yeah. But、um, how do you deal with time management? I feel like I have no life besides work. Sure. And I yeah, I always want to trying to create some personal work, and not to mention you have like you you went outside to do photography and to do live action, exploring something new. How how do you deal with like this time management? I'd also say、uh, having a family takes a lot of time too. So we have yeah 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 daughter and our dog and my wife and stuff. So that's really difficult too. Just、mm-hmm. and not difficult the thing. It's just managing it all. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to just understanding your priorities, and really being sharp about your time. And there's always enough time. You know, we always say like, "Oh, there's not enough time. I don't have enough time." This and that. And it's usually an excuse that means that you don't have discipline to control your time,、mm. um, or you don't, you haven't been taught the skills to control your time. And so, a lot of it comes down to、um, 
there's, there's a couple of books that I've, I talk about a lot on the podcast and I talk about when I just, I was just out in Prague and I had a, I have a list of five books that I always recommend to people, but one of them is, is called eat that frog. And it's all about prioritizing, mm-hmm. and understanding how to pri- prioritize. It's called eat that frog. You should get it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically that what that does is it helps you identify what's most important in your life and then remove all the clutter so mm-hmm. that you can focus on the things that matter most because the things that matter most to you will, you know, quote unquote, spark joy or give you happiness or give you a completion in your life or make you feel like happy. So like a perfect example of you work, say your staff job, if you're completely content, then it's okay for you to spend all your time there. But if you want to have time for your passion projects and you have to design mm. that into your time, you know, so you have to figure out, okay, well, I work 10 hour days and then, um, that leaves me with like two hours free time at home to do whatever. Right. And then you just, so the way that it works for me is I split my time up so I can go, well, I'm going to do my eight hours of work for my client. I'll give my family three hours. And then that's only, um, 11 hours out of my day. If mm-hmm. I sleep six hours then it gives me, um, so it's 11, 17. So 17 minus 24, it gives me, about seven hours or so left in the day, Mm -hmm. um, seven or six, sometimes five. And then I just take that five hours and I turn it into like 20 hours because I just figure out ways Mm -hmm. of really working very sharp and fast with everything, Mm -hmm. um, and very diligent. And so I have a whole list system. Um, I set, I make lists the night before this. Everybody knows that I make my list the night before, basically the things I need to do the next day. So Mm -hmm. I can meditate on it. So I can already kind of mentally, I do a lot of meta, like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm aware of it, what I'm doing, but Mm -hmm. I do a lot of cognitive deep thinking Mm -hmm. about things. So basically Mm -hmm. projects are done in my head. I already do them. Mm -hmm. And then I have to figure out a way of finishing it in reality. So then I just go Mm -hmm. through it and execute it basically. But um, I write my lists out and I set alarms and then it's just a whole system basically. And I'm so used to it now. Um, and I had the same problem that you're asking me a while ago and it was very frustrating Mm -hmm. because I was like, man, I want to have client, I want to have my client jobs, but I also want to do my own personal stuff, you know? And it's so difficult to figure that out because our personal work is so important for artists like ourselves because it's where we can truly express ourselves without a brief or a client in, in client getting in the way of a vision. So it's really important to be able to do that and have that mm-hmm. because then you can get hired more or less to do the work that you're most passionately connected to. So, yes. Um, and that's only if your passion projects make sense and there's something that you're really passionate about. So, um, mm. but yeah, and that's how I would do it. That's, that's, that's how I would break. So I would look at your day and I go, well, what's your priority? And, oh, I have to be here at this time and this and that. So, okay, great. So you have, you have a job you have to, you know, attend to, and then I'd be like, well, you have four hours here. So why don't you fill it with the project then? And then you can go, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then you make, you work, you know, kind of how I taught it in LearnSquared, which is you break down your ideas and think about things and pull references and think about framing and everything. And then before you know it, six months later, your project's done. So yeah, that's kind of how it works. And every day it's like you just slowly chip away at it. You know, it's like a... Yeah, big projects take a long time, as you know. And it's like we, I was just out in Prague, and Prague has this really incredible castle and a church. 
And I was sitting there looking at it. It's incredible. It's so beautiful. And, uh, and I was just thinking about how many hours and how much, how much time I think it was, it took like 800 years to make it or something like that. Mm. And I was like, wow, like it's like eight generations of people, nine mm. generations of, of families basically mm. until it was done. And it was just like so amazing to see it, but it only got done because of every day they were working on it, you know, mm, you know slow right. progress, you know? So, and this is like a, this is something that happens with everybody. It just takes time. So mm. it's just, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that really helps. And I think if you have a good system, if you read that book and you have a good system that works for you, of mm-hmm. lists and accountability, then you you end up being able to do the work, 10 times the work that you didn't do because you did now because you don't have a priority system, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so speaking of that, um, uh, so like you said, like you, you kind of slip, slip the time, you know, kind of know each day you have like maybe some hours to work on your personal stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Uh, before you get get started, maybe like, cause I know your personal work is always uh, the 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 duration of it is is also very long, so it might take a lot of time to fully like accomplish the visual in your mind. So before you started, do you do you know like around like which time you kind of kind of getting close, kind of <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. That's so difficult, right? Because our art is never really done. It's just kind of do, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so you just have to kind of, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Because <laughs> I'm never happy, you know? So, yeah. So that if, that if I'm never happy, that just means that I just have to get it done because you could sit and, and the one problem you have with a project, if you, if you wait too long, then your skills grow. And then you look back at the work you did yes. months ago yes. and you're like, Oh shit, I and need to fix this. I have this. to redo, yes. I have to redo every shot. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to stick to a, like a realistic timeline so you can get it done. Like yeah. the current film I'm working on with Francois called passage. Mm-hmm. I think it's only like two yeah, minutes yeah. or something. But... I, I saw the trailer you posted. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's a weird one. So, but like we have redone so many shots mm. and we've gone, we've spent months on shots where we've just thrown them away. Cause we're like, ah, it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we originally were like, <laughs> let's do this project and let's finish it in four months. And that was like eight months ago. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we have another two, two or three months. Usually mm-hmm. it takes about a year. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm, a year. Yeah. Mm. But it's mainly because of all the distractions. And then at the same time, when you're really trying to work as hard as you can and make something new every time and with yeah. new tools and new, because we had started it thinking we were going to use Octane and then we decided to change it because um, Octane was, it was hard for us with the production. So, sometimes mm-hmm. it works really great for people. So I don't want to ever deter anybody from Octane. I think Octane's amazing and I think it's mm-hmm. really a, an amazing tool. It just, I found that Redshift worked better for production stuff. So mm-hmm. um, less crashing for me personally. Mm-hmm. I think okay. I think I just must have had like a bad driver or something and it was just crashing so much and I was so frustrated. So, mm-hmm. and if a tool doesn't work after a certain amount of time, I just don't deal, I don't use it again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. But you guys use Octane pretty heavily, I would imagine, at um, Elastic, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. It's mainly Octane, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. 
It's yeah. a great, I mean, the thing about the real difference that I've found so far using both of them, Redshift and Octane, is that Octane, all the amazing features are just turned on. That's why it takes so long to render things. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Redshift, everything's turned off. So you have to turn everything on, basically. Mm-hmm. So, And <laughs> if you know what you're doing, once you match the same quality of as Octane, it's really kind of close to the same render time because you, you end up turning up all the GI and the samples and then all these extra little things that you you have to find and that are hidden inside the menu systems kind of so yeah Mm. it's so complex so complex Mm. it's do you ever find when you when you meet somebody that's outside of what we do trying to explain this stuff do you ever find that it's it's challenging to explain what it is that you do uh for the people not from it from this industry yeah yeah uh i actually might not very be hard. Might might not be very hard because maybe it's because like uh, a lot of my friends are like engineer like oh. for tech company, so oh. they already like know what kind of render is because they kind of the the one like who kind of have to scripting like something. Yeah, yeah. So and the force, I I I found it's kind of hard to communicate my with my childhood friends sure. who I grew, grew up with it's so hard to describe what I'm doing right now because in their in their mind like they just call me like a Hollywood like director mm? sure. yeah, yeah 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 you know like especially like people from foreign countries they just have no idea what it is and um, yeah it's hard to explain them explain to them what title sequences because usually the they, they might just skip the title. <laughs> yeah, that's the irony yeah. of it too. You know, you spend yeah, all this time yeah. and work and, and then yeah. there's like, I remember watching Netflix and then all of a sudden I saw a little skip intro yeah. button. I was like, oh, well, there there goes title sequences. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think you have to, like we have to all do this because we love it and that's the only reason why we do it anyways because yeah. it's important to do these things because you love it because if yeah. you don't if you do it for any other reason i think it's unhealthy so mm, yeah. right right yeah sometimes i just i i yeah i know like no i i saw saw about it yeah, no one gonna watch the title sequence but <laughs> at least i enjoy it yeah. yeah and if you enjoy it usually that usually means something and then somebody else it will align with what you like too. So yeah. What's a dream project for you? Like something like a, a director or a dream project that you would love to have worked on, or even like if it's a movie that already passed or like something that, <laughs> that you can, that you really dream about being able to work on. Oh uh, yeah. Cause when I was kind of doing some research, trying to do some personal work when I was still a student, I always want to, like make a like a small like fan title sequence for for Silence of the Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a great yeah. movie, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's really, very, really just good. Really good. Very, very like. Did elegant. you study it in, in school? Cause I yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Because there's a couple scenes in that in that movie that are amazing, like really, yeah. really well done. The interrogation one, or when she's interviewing him. Yes. That scene is really great. I think somebody yeah. did a photo, a video essay online. Mm. I think it was like every film, every frame of painting or something broke that scene down. Yeah. It's, it's really good. But it's so a title sequence for Silence of the Lambs, huh? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's just a thought because you 
ask me, so th- this is a thought when I was still in school, but I never accomplished that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, how about you? A dream project? Yeah. Um, you know, I really would love to work with Denny Villeneuve would be really great. I'd love to yeah, work yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. David Fincher, obviously. Yes. I think a dream project would, I don't think, I can't think of it of actual thing, to be honest. Um, because everything's changing so fast and things are just kind of, um, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's gotta be something, but I think just working with those kind of people at that level, I, I know Fincher's so unique and to, to get a chance to work with him would be really amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Trying to think. Yeah, probably that, you know, I, I feel very blessed to do what I do and I feel like a lot of it's been manifested. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm blessed to just, I, I really enjoy making my own film. So I, that's really fun too. Yeah. Um, because it's just a part of the, another process. So, but yeah, working with, with those guys would be really great. I really would really, really love to, um, be a cinematographer for one of these films at some point too. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to learn photography more every yeah. day. So, um, I would love, I like, I really love Tom Ford's last movie, Nocturnal Animals. I love that movie. Yeah. 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 I love that too. So I would love to, I'd love to, um, like, I think a dream position at this point for me in my life so far is like, it would be amazing to, to, take Tom Tom Ford's story like Nocturnal Animals for example and then like you know be the cameraman for that would be really interesting a cool well, position it's I like it because it's so different from what I do now so mm, um, like, like and it's kind of similar similar right? but different yeah, yeah. But it, well it's like if you think about it so the other day I was watching um, <coughs> excuse me a No Country for Old Men have you seen that movie? Mm, yes sure it's a brilliant movie it's got a lot of really great things and um uh, Lubeski, I think is the cinematographer. And I was, I was watching it this time, only looking at the cinematography and where he placed the camera, why, and where, how long he held the camera at those particular mm-hmm. things. And I don't know if you remember, there's a scene where, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, maybe you should pause it or skip over a couple minutes. But anyways, mm-hmm. there's a scene where they're sitting in the, the guy's, um, house, and they're they're talking, and Clive Owen is comes in out of frame. I think frame left. He walks into to frame, but he stays behind the wall. Like, and he, they're talking about his son, and he doesn't like the way that it's positioned. It's so brilliant because we're watching his intimate reaction, but we also see them, and it's framed so well that mm-hmm. it's telling it's telling three different perspectives at yeah. once with one shot. That's really only locked off and I like watching Roger Deakins films too because you know for these people they read the script and then they think about it and they don't go well I'm going to have 40 cameras and I'm going to have a camera here and it's like no I'm going to put a camera one camera here we're going to stick really far away like I I remember in Sicario like where (coughs) she confronts him at the end and or not the end but she confronts him after they do the first kind of drug bust and they're outside and and the camera is really far away it's almost like we're witnessing an argument from afar and we're just kind of watching it unfold. And I just love that because most directors would be like, Oh, it's conflict. Go really close and be handheld mm-hmm. and shaky and all this crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Roger Deakins, the way his approach is like, Oh, let's be a, like a, um, uh, what do you call that? Um, voyeur, you know, a voyeur experience. Like we're really going to look from afar. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that idea of translating words to, picture in that fashion. I think it's really smart and 
and it's so there's so much freedom there and, and I love photography. So yeah. So to answer your question, probably be a cinematographer for one of these people's films, I think would be really great. Yeah. Um, I don't I, know and how I, far away yeah. that is. So. <laughs> and I think like the thing you'll talk about, like kind of like have a narration in a 3D space. Yeah. Kind of can only accomplish if you have a camera, if you have a frame. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's because everything is, well, because the art form we do now, which is a very, I think it's very archaic still, is is it's two-dimensional moving image. And mm -hmm. it's not like, so I, I really strongly feel that the future is about immersion and full interaction, mm -hmm. which is dimensionalized. So mm -hmm. it won't be like a 2D moving picture. It'll be a three-dimensional AI or AR mm -hmm. or VR experience. So and that's mm -hmm. going to be dimensionalized, which is really interesting. Um, but that's just my thoughts in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> right now, if yeah, if you are to compose something, you must be very strongly understanding. You must very strongly understand um, composition, um, storytelling, and stuff. And these are things that I'm constantly trying to learn because if you can master that, you can really create an amazing career as a visual communicator. You know, mm, right. So it's like all about where you put your, your subjects and what you're trying to say. Yeah. And that's, that's design really, if you think about it, because design yeah. for me is always communication. It's all about yeah. how you're communicating things, you know? So mm, yeah. Right. When, when you think about your work, how much of it do you feel it relies on the tools and then how much is it that you rely on, um, digesting or consuming or creating an idea so, mm. like, how much of the tools do you feel has an impact over your work? Yes. Uh, I have to say, um, before before I kind of have, like, much skill as today, and I'm still not very, <laughs> like, still, learn, still learning, but when I was still a student, um, I don't even have, like, uh, image in my mind, like, before I started. Mm. A design i just you yeah i just use what i already like learn what i read the tech the the tech the technique or i, I already have mm -hmm. to trying to combine all the skills or technique to one image and i at that time i feel it's more like experiment sure. like yeah it's more like um make make something happen maybe but i'm not quite sure so at that time um like I feel it a lot because like basically you just have no idea what you design basically it's not design it's like more like experiment and uh, later when I learn more skills I always like kind of know before I started I always have an image like what I want to achieve in my mind so that's kind of the change hmm, interesting yeah 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 well, so much I think of it uh, when you're a creative and as an artist or whatever, you have to understand the tool, obviously, because you, you, you have to you have to harness it. It's like a wild horse or an yes. animal that you must understand how to tame and work with. And then once you do, then it's more or less like, okay, well, now that I've tamed this horse and understand how to communicate to it, now it's like, where do we go? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think you're talking about, too. It's like having that inner voice. And I think that's that's when I watch those those films, and I because when you watch those films, you don't think as a first time viewer, especially a viewer that doesn't understand camera language and all that stuff. It doesn't matter to that person because mm -hmm. they don't need to 
to be a master of this because they can experience it because that's the brilliance of the art. It's so subtle that mm -hmm. that's the mastery of it because it doesn't need to be in your face and crazy all the time because <laughs> mm -hmm. almost it's the idea of it is, is even more um, brilliant than, um, than the actual action of it basically. So sorry, I'm rambling. I'm trying to collect my thoughts on this because <laughs> it's a really interesting topic and subject, you know, if you think about it, yeah. um, how complex this stuff is, but, yeah. but so much of it, and when I go back to the analogy of the horse is like, so much of our career is spent trying to understand to harness the horse. And so many people I find there's like, what kind of horse are you riding? Mm. What color horse is it? What button did you press on the horse to make the thing mm. go? And sometimes mm. that's relevant, right? Because it's like, mm. but I find, and maybe this is something that you see as well. And I'm sure we're all kind of guilty of it. I mean, oh, let's use, for example, like I'm into cameras and stuff. So I'll watch like YouTube videos and then I'll see a person that's just like really obsessed with like just camera gear and all that stuff, but they don't go traveling. They don't shoot anything. And I'm like, what's the point of that? But I guess yeah. they just, they really enjoy yeah. buying the thing. And I, I mean, if they're not hurting themselves or anybody else, who cares? But <laughs> I always think, oh, you're missing out on the experience of mm. using that because if you were to really experience it, then you can go out and shoot it. But mm -hmm. the the horse analogy anyways is like once you harness the horse and you can understand where to go, that's really where the art begins, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you find your destination, then you can figure out ways of basically getting there in unique ways and and sharing that journey with other people is really when the brilliance happens, you know. But it's mm -hmm. such a long time. I when I look at these people and their careers and how it all worked and came together, it's like, wow, it's brilliant it's crazy that it, they worked out for them because it's oftentimes it takes like 10 years you know yeah yeah constant right. work and effort so how many years are you at it now with your with your career like doing what you've been doing uh uh i self-taught 3d like two years ago oh sheesh yeah <laughs> great damn you no. that's great I and mean, it's really smart that you're working at Elastic, you know. <laughs> so many times I get asked, like, oh, I want to just go freelance. I'm like, nah, you shouldn't. You should go work at a studio, spend uh, at least a year at a studio mm -hmm. and give them everything you can and they're going to learn as much as you can at least a yeah. year, maybe two, because then yeah. you get paid to work and then you get to understand it. Then you can go freelance because then you'll have enough of a good portfolio. Yes, yes. Because if you don't have a good portfolio now, it's so hard because everything's so noisy. Yeah. So much stuff going on. So you've been doing this for two years then? Yes. Damn, I love it. You've accelerated really quickly. That's really <laughs> great. Yeah. Thank you. It's a great testament to 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 the to your ability to acquire new skills and then be dedicated to your craft enough to really hone in on it. Because if you just started and then two years, I'm sure people that are listening to this are like, what the heck? You know? So <laughs> That's yeah, great, well, heck, I, I can do that too. Yeah. 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 And yeah. They should, it, they should, you know, like they should yeah. be inspired by what you do and go off and do it. But yeah, it's really great. So yeah. that's that an accomplishment. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we talked a little bit about dream projects. Is there a director or, or, or somebody that you really love or love their work or <laughs> a television show or something that you really admire? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I watched uh, recently, yeah, which television show, um, have to think about it. Actually, I haven't watched any show like for two months. <laughs> you just work a lot now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah what's your, what's an average day like for you then? Uh, 
the daily life. No, like what's your day like? How, like, how's it start and end basically? Um, start like, like, uh, wake up like at eight thirty, and because I live a little bit far away from work, hmm. took me a, a like an hour to uh, the office. Yeah, yeah, so that's I'm thinking about moving, like which can save me like almost two hours per day yeah. so that I can work on some personal stuff there you go. and I can watch more like shows or movie. I didn't even watch Alita. <laughs> oh yeah. Everyone is talking. Have you watched it? No, I haven't. I didn't even, oh. is it, is it out now? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm so bad at that stuff too. And, and I wasn't it, like, it looked really nice and I had friends that worked on it, but I just, yeah. I don't know. My, my taste of things has changed a lot over the past yeah. couple of years. So, yeah. I don't know. The, the certain films just don't do much for me anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I shouldn't judge it because I, I could be an amazing, brilliant film and I could love it. So you never yeah. know until you watch it. So, But the thing is, it's like, oh, it's two hours of time. Yeah. And I'm so selfish. As I mentioned earlier, I'm very disciplined with it. So I'm like, I can spend two hours yes. maybe watching and enjoying a film or I can spend two hours knowing exactly what I'm going to be doing because I'll be working on a project or doing something, you know, so... Mm, yeah. So do you watch show recently or movies? Well, we just traveled. So in the flight, I watched the I watched movies and stuff because I can't work, you know? I mean, I, yeah. on the way home, I edited a bunch of my photographs that I took in Prague. And that was a lot of fun. But um, I watched this movie. I'm almost done with it. It's called Searching. Searching. Yeah, yeah I watched yeah. it in theater like yeah. last year. I was surprised yeah. with how much I liked it. It was really... Yeah. I mean, I have a 13-year-old daughter, so I'm going through similar things because of it, the social media and the, the phone mm-hmm, and technology. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> it was kind of uh, like freaked me out a little bit because uh. being a parent, you know. So, um, But no, it was, uh, yeah, it was really good and it was really well put together, like very smart. The, mm. the pacing was really smart. Yeah, um, it's not even like distracting when I was watching it. Yeah, it had yeah, a great I thought, flow. Yeah, I thought it might be distracting because everyone was talking about it. So mm. I kind of already n- know, like, knew what the technique, what the media they're going to use. Yeah. So to me, I kind of mm, watch it like, I kind of being like, um, maybe I'm, I might kind of critique a lot. But yeah. After that, I, I it didn't put me out at any point. I yeah. just follow, follow the story. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was good. I have, I have to finish it. I like I was watching it, and then the plane had to land, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, I couldn't finish <laughs> it. So I, I, when I got but home, I had to finish it. It, it so. always happened. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, it always happened to me. Like <sighs> when I, I hate was, it. yeah, I hate it. Too. It was like <laughs> he just found out that the, the him and the his brother and his daughter were there or something. I don't want to spoil it. So. And I was like, what, what? And so, yeah, I had my wife tell me, because she had already watched it, had her tell me everything that happened, but I have to still watch it. So, But I also watch a lot of older movies too. Not old, but like I also watched, um, I, I've been watching a lot of Miyazaki films, but um, yeah. I watched um, Falling Down. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. Uh, falling? No, not really. It's a great film. Well, I I like it. It's just like an old. I love Michael Douglas's films. Like I love the yeah. game. I love the game. It's one of my favorite Fincher films. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the game too. Yeah, I just love the way that it's designed and it's like the way that it works is really good. 
uh, I watch Sicario and um, I watch a lot of documentaries. Uh, sometimes I'd rather watch documentary because I feel like docu- I connect better with co- documentaries sometimes than fictional mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. why? Uh, it's just because it's real. And there's okay. usually when it, and, and if it, if it's a really well done documentary, like I watched them, um, the, um, I think, well, cause you work with, I think, I think Lisa, is Lisa Bolan over there? At, uh, at, yes. Yeah. So she did the Ted Bundy stuff, I think the titles for that. I think mm-hmm. so. Right. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I think she did. I can I think pretty sure. Um, but I used to work with her at prologue. So, but I watched yeah. that and that was I I don't I hate the idea that I watched a film about our documentary about a serial killer because I think we shouldn't be supporting these people mm. um, in popular culture. But I watched it anyways. I guess I'm bad, but <laughs> it was it was actually really the documentary itself was really well put together. I felt, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of other things that I've watched recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you watched a film called a Korean film called Burning? No. Have you heard of it? No, I'm gonna look it up. Mm. I, I, Korean films are so a uh, next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the uh, Yellow Sea. Like, have you watched it? No, that's another mm. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yellow and another one called Oasis. No, I've never heard of it. Oh wow, this is kind of my favorite three Korean movie. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I see, I watch all like the horror ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like Old Boy or I Saw the Devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like the Old Boy. Like, um, the Korean movie are also very like sad, really, really sad, really, really like cruel, really. Yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. Of, yeah. It's it's I love. I personally do love um, f- films that come from other places other than Hollywood or America because yeah, yeah, I love the perspective. It's, yeah. a, it's a shift in, in the storytelling is different. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I love Japanese horror because mm-hmm. Japanese horror is usually mm-hmm. like um, there's a film called uh, oh crap, what's it called? I have to look it up. It's looking through my movies now. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really good Japanese horror, and I think there's also like The Ring was originally um, was originally a Japanese mm-hmm. <laughs> film, Ringu, I think it was called. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank. It was like The Signal or something. I can't remember the name, but mm-hmm. yeah, I love watching films that come from uh, different culture. Or, yeah. yeah, I was watching. Um, Tom Ford has another movie. His first film was called A Single Man. Have you seen that? Oh, uh, not really. Yeah, I watched that. That was interesting. It was made in 21 days, and it has amazing actors. Wow. In it. Yeah, um, but it's it's cool because Tom Ford originally started as a fashion designer. Yes. <laughs> and then obviously, but then he he made millions of dollars. Good for him. And then he mm-hmm. he loves cinematography, or not cinematography. He loves movies, making movies. Mm. So he self funded his first film, and then wow. got it made and. And he has incredible actors. The acting in it is incredible. It's really, really good. You should yeah. watch it though, because it's crazy okay. to find out that it was made in 21 days when you watch so, it. So yeah, if you can self-fund your first film, what, what do you want to make? Um, I have a I have a film I've been developing for like five years now. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably make that one. Yeah, and mm. it's 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 like a it's like a mix between Donnie Darko and Seven. So it's like mm. a very interesting story and plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'd probably do that one. I'd probably just want to make my own stuff. 
Uh-huh. To be honest, I wouldn't want to try and adapt anybody's stuff. I would just try uh-huh. to probably try to make my own thing. But I would probably, I think more as I develop as myself as a director, I try to look at um, like smaller, more consumable ways of making things. So mm-hmm. not making a whole feature film because it's so much work. I'd probably make like a 30 minute like Black Mirror episode or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I like the consumerability of it. And at the same time, you're able to get things done. It's not as heavy to Mm -hmm, do, mm -hmm. you know, so I'd probably Mm -hmm. do that. How about yourself? If you could self-fund something, what would you, what movie would you make or episode would you make? Oh, good question. (laughs) Yeah, maybe something dark. I don't know. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you frequent, when you watch films and stuff, do you frequently go and watch something that has more serious subject matter, like you mentioned? Um, yeah, um, yeah. <coughs> with Silence of the Lambs. Like, yeah, sounds like something dark, but kind of present in a very more literal, poetic way. Mm. Yeah, this is kind of, yeah. Interesting. The stuff I like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, there's a, do you listen to podcasts at all? Yeah. There's a podcast that I've been listening to. A friend of mine referred it to me, and it's so dark and heavy. It's a very, it's very intense to listen mm-hmm. to, <laughs> but it's very good. It's like really addicting to listen to it. But it's mm-hmm. called, it's called Case Files. Have you heard of it? No, Case File. Yeah, you should look oh, it up. Okay. I will just listen to it yes. while I'm working. <laughs> oh well, I'm sorry if it ruins no. your day, but yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. So case file is what it's called. And there's, there's an episode that you should listen to and everybody that if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I suggest checking out, it's called, uh, the toy box. It's, um, case 96 is Mm. it's like case 96. Um, it's called the toy box. It's three part series, three part episode. Oh man. It's so, (laughs) so heavy. It's just, um, they're real accounts of real murders and real things. And it's just a really, wow. when I listened to it, I was like, Hmm, maybe I should adapt this. But then I was like, ah, I don't want to make a film about this cause it's so dark, you know, it's mm. so heavy. Mm. Like I really liked Denny Villeneuve's film enemy. Like I, I thought yeah. that was like really good kind of mix of heavy, but all at the same time, not so mm-hmm. violent, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And he adapts things really well. Like I thought he did a great job with Arrival. Yes, yes, yeah. totally. I'm a big fan of Arrival. Did you do you watch old Japanese films as well? Uh not at uh yes, I do watch some, but yeah. I I love Harakiri or Harakiri or whatever however you pronounce it. Have you watched that before? Uh, is the the shelf uh shoplifter one? The director? He's, I think huh? it was a samurai <coughs> and he ends up going around. It's a really crazy story. It's very Japanese, but it's really mm. good. Yeah. I don't think he's a shoplifter. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that one's really good. Have um, you watched shoplifter? Maybe. I don't know. No, probably mm. not. It's called shoplifter. Oh, uh, what's <laughs> see shoplifter movie. It's Japanese shop shoplifters. Yeah, That's is it the right name? Yeah, shoplifters. Oh damn! Yeah, this is great. I love being referred yeah. to films. Wow, it's got like a really high rating. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, must be incredible. It, I, I watch it in San Francisco. It's good, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. Damn, okay. Adding to my list. Yeah. <laughs> so many things to watch. I was watching yeah. a French film called Evolution. Have you seen that? Evolution, let me search. Um, French movie. I think it's French. Yeah, it's called Evolution. It was made in 2015. Yeah, the cinematography is really great in it. If you just type in Evolution French movie, it'll mm -hmm. come up. But yeah, I really in it, it's, oh, I didn't wow. finish it, but it was because um, sometimes I have a problem finishing movies too. Not that mm -hmm. it wasn't great. It was just that I was watching it and then I get distracted thinking about something else. But it's very French. Mm -hmm. It's a very mm -hmm. French kind of movie. Mm. Um, but cinema, cinema, like cinematically, it's really beautiful, mm. really well shot and put together. It's really interesting. It's like has a lot of really cool moments cinematically that are really cool um, and very unique and different. Just a lot mm. of things to think mm -hmm. about. Like, have you seen Raw, the movie Raw? Raw. Yeah, that was not good. really. Oh, you should watch Raw. Raw is really good. Yeah, it's very interesting. This is another French film. So mm -hmm. again, I love watching films from other from other cultures because yeah, they offer so much different, so many different things. So yeah, just a different perspective on things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, we went on a tangent here with movies, but <laughs> people are like, "What's going on here?" But no, I mean, these are the all these movies are. If you haven't listened or watched them, you should check them out. I was just referring a friend of mine to watch The Imposter the mm -hmm. other day. Have you seen that? It's probably one of my favorite documentaries. It's like a documentary film, like MASH, that's really perfect. Imposter. Imposter. And it's an amazing documentary. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Mm. 2012 was made. Mm -hmm. Mystery documentary. I'll send you the title or the okay. trailer for it in the chat. Nice. Yeah, you should watch it and let me know what you think because it's really, really good. And yeah. To me, that those are the films that I would love to be a part of more now than ever. And the problem is, it's like, well, they don't need what I do, you know. So I have to find mm -hmm. another way, which is why I think I'm getting into photography because then, mm. well, I can go if 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 I can't do CGI because they don't need CGI or they don't need user interface, you know, like mm -hmm. they, maybe they'll need a title. <laughs> they'll need a title, but I mean, most of these films they just need the type. And that's it because yeah. they don't need, sometimes I feel like the films that we end up working on, they're trying to overcompensate. And so they have to have like a fancy title or something to make it work. So, yeah. And I feel sometimes bad, the, so. like the title will be too much if have a CGI, like fully render or yeah, it might be too complex or like dragging the audience from to, to another yeah. vibe, I think. Yeah. Sometimes it's a I don't fine think balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I'm trying to think of the last title that I remember watching that I felt fit of a show <laughs> really well. And I think it was probably, um, Halt and Catch Fire. I felt it was really, it fit the show really well. Mm, yeah. Um, I think, yeah. But I'm trying to think of a title that I felt was really good. I, I'm so, I'm so picky about that stuff too. So. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think like I think the thing that we probably love about title sequences so much is like they're mini films, you know. Yeah. And their way to doing design that kind of you can use and and sh and tell a little story, a little short film in front of a film too. So. Yeah. yeah. Like a short introduction, but in a very like artistic way, like a very literal way. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
What are some of the lessons that you, that you've learned along the way, like key lessons that, um, that you remember, like when I, you're just, you know, damn, I'll, I will re- always remember that lesson, good or bad. Lesson you mean like from failure or just lesson, lesson from school? Um, it, yeah, failure probably maybe is good. There's like, like something that you learned and you're like, wow, that was a, that was a deep lesson that I learned, you know? Um, maybe on, you talked a little bit about earlier, but maybe like, uh, being more aware of certain things or, um, you know, having a brief that or a client or a job that taught you a lot or a failure from a job that taught you a lot or a success Mm -hmm. from a job that taught you a lot, anything Mm -hmm. like that really. Mm, Right now I just, I can only think about like something just very, very small, but I think the idea is like, um, so when I was trying to do do a frame and uh i kind of kind of too much devoting to um technical stuff such mm-hmm. as like modeling and texturing so i make make it like super like much more detail uh than the frame uh we did for the pitch for the first round of design so it ends up like the client said, oh, maybe we, we still want to switch back to the first round of design because we think it's a little little bit too much. But at that time, I just thought, mm, what are you talking about? I think the second round is way like better from like production wise, like the modeling works better, texture looks better and the lighting makes the texture looks like have more layers. But I didn't. Later, I found out like I kind of over like like manipulate the technique skill, and I kind of for- forgot the purpose of the design. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some sometimes I feel yeah that's the lesson I learned from that just from very small job, a very small moment. But I think something might. Sim- might happen similar like in different aspect but yeah what do you think <laughs> mm, yeah well, i mean lessons always come and go you know so and you're constantly learning things and um yeah <laughs> and like i said sometimes lessons for me will come from just observing things like i would just watch a movie and i'll just only watch one part of that like one aspect of the, the the role of that project, you know, like mm-hmm. and analyzing and then thinking about how to apply it to my own life. So that the children of men was probably like a recent lesson artistically mm-hmm. that I was like, Oh, interesting. Um, or like I'll be walking, I was in the church and I'll mm-hmm. look at the light and I'll look at it and I go, wow. Okay. Well, where's the sun at? Okay. It's here. And there's no other light here. So it's just this one light bouncing off of something and, or just looking at the way that the sun is bouncing light off of a, a window that's bouncing light onto another building that's creating these caustic aberrations. And it's like, wow, yes. that's so cool. I was thinking the other day when I was looking at one of my photos uh, from the trip, I was like, why do I love this so much? Um, not the photo, just the content that was in it. And I was thinking, oh, it's probably because of the abundance of just color that exists in here. And how mm-hmm. rich and pure it is and how naturally the things come together. And so I just, it was helping me with my CGI basically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, like you, the worst thing you can do with CGI is just like, <laughs> well, I get it all depends obviously, but one of the worst things you can do is just 
put one light on there and, or you can do like a left red and a right blue or something, you know, like a mm -hmm. stereotypical thing. What you have to do is add a subtle HDRI in there and have a little bit of a bounce and treat the, the, the render and give it enough dynamic range. So it, it has enough stops that matches the human eye mm -hmm. and all these kind of things, you know? So mm -hmm. who knows who would have known how much work and time it takes to do these things, you know, cause it's that's when I, when I talked about earlier, how confusing and challenging it is to, to explain what it is that we do to normal people. It's like trying, it's so difficult really, you know, if you think about it to mm -hmm. try and explain it. Cause there's so many levels to it. It's like you're, Oh, in, you have to explain like, you know, what a shader is and yeah. And why you, you would <laughs> use it or like why you would use a program like substance painter. Have you mm -hmm. used that yet? Yeah, I've been using for texturing all mm. the time. Yeah. It's pretty great, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You use that too? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 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 What are some of your primary programs that you use? Uh, Maya for hard surface modeling and the ZBrush for organic and the Marvelers for like cloth, costumes, and the Substance Painter for texture. And uh, yeah, that's it. Cinema 4D, uh, Cinema 4D Octane also. Oh, okay. Do yeah, you, yeah. Do you use um, After Effects and stuff? Do you do any compositing or bring anything in or do grading and stuff? Uh, only a very minimal, very little bit, to be mm. honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that with the rise of, of, of all these, like uh, um, the rise of basically like GPU being so good and having GI and glow and bounce and all that stuff, like, yeah, I think it's, it eliminates a lot of comp composite work, but I still yeah. find that like having a good compositing, like having adding compositing to to them actually helps a lot too. So, mm. um, like I found like grading images really helps and studying a lot of film stock and why films look a certain way because I'll watch like an older movie, mm -hmm. it'll look so beautiful because it was mm -hmm. shot on film and it has a, such a unique look. Yeah. So if you have the noise, the noise exactly, yeah. and subtle chroma chromatic shift, and if they're using anamorphics, yes. yeah, how the the lens, um, because you know how anamorphics works is just the lens gets more information on the sensor, mm -hmm. um, so then you but then you have to stretch it out again and how it looks. It's so it's so interesting, mm -hmm. but I, I I try to take a lot of that because if if you're making CGI to match film you have to think about all these things that film does because it's all process right so yeah yeah a thing exists and then the camera documents it um and then in CGI it's almost like you have to kind of simulate the same thing and so i use after effects for a lot of those kind of compositing ideas mm -hmm. and stuff too but yeah it's never ending there's mm -hmm. so much to learn there's so much to learn yeah what, what, what's a program that you really want to learn like if you could pick any program out and to master it quickly what would what would that program be uh i think uh, what i really want to be uh want, want to learn next probably like nuke because okay. like we've been talking about composting because yeah. i really want to see like what i can add to the render and another is maybe houdini again <laughs> i tried to learn houdini for like a month but i kind of gave up <laughs> are you yeah. a houdini user uh no not yet i have uh, i've used it a couple times i think yeah yeah you have to <laughs> i think the trick with it and i haven't done it yet is like you have to learn it with a project you can't just learn it i think you have to 
Mm. You have to make a project based around yes. your experience so that you will learn focused on an object, basically. Yeah. Because um, if you, it's such a nebulous program. It's not like so. Like ZBrush is basically like sculpting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. it's it's easy to understand what it does. But with Houdini, it's like, well, it sculpts too. <laughs> yeah. And it does. You can do poly modeling in there too, in a sense, you know. But then yeah. you can also do like the most insane like vis effects, like sim and shit. It's crazy. Mm. It's it's like all the programs in one, just crazy. Mm -hmm. So totally. so it's very dangerous time wise, wise, you know. So if you're not aware of what it is that you're trying to do mm -hmm. and why you're doing it, so. But yeah, I would say Houdini would probably be a program that I wish that I could just knew everything about it and how it worked, mm -hmm. and then I could just go into it. Mm -hmm. But you know, the, the only difference between that is just putting in the time, you know. So the amount of time that you put into studying it and understanding it, the faster you'll be at like, you know, mastering it, I guess. So mm -hmm. it always comes down to it. Who are some people or people that, um, they don't even have to be alive, but, um, people yeah. that when you are looking for inspiration or, um, needed guidance spiritually, who, who do you look towards? Oh yeah, uh, I look for inspiration. Often look look for like some um, photographers, like artwork, like uh, a Czech photographer named Joseph Sudek. Okay. I don't know if it's the right pronounce. Okay. And if you search his still life, do you want to search it right now? Yeah, I'm I think it's it. yeah. How do you spell yeah, his last yeah. name? Uh, S U D E K. Joseph Sudek. Okay. Ooh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school. Yeah, wow. right. That's nice. Yeah. It's just very simple, but... He, he's a Czech uh, photo Czech, photographer? Czech, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, cool. He's a Prague guy then. No, I don't yeah. know if he's from Prague. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Ooh, this is cool. Yeah, you like it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I, I, yeah, I'm such a fan of like photography. Well, good photography. This is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And another one is uh Alexander Rodenko. Okay. He's a Russian guy. Rodenko. How you spell Alexander. his last name? Uh, R O D C H E N K O. Yeah. So Russian, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Alexander Rodenko. Rodenko. Probably we were probably both not saying it right. But yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You're better than you're better than mine. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. The Russians, they, they got some crazy stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, he's ca he's capturing the world. He does a lot of architecture and rhythm. He's like a designer with the glass. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Mm. I think also he's a graphic designer as well. That makes sense. Yeah, I see yeah, it in his yeah. propaganda posters for the Russian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. It's such an era. You can see his work as an era piece. So, yeah, that's cool. Do you like Phil Hale's work? Phil Hale, how to? Let me see. P-H-I-L. And then H-A-L-E is his last name. He's awesome. His photography is incredible. If you haven't seen his work before, he's going to be your new favorite artist. Wow. Look at his photography. Yeah. There you wow. go. <laughs> Have wow. fun. Somebody's going to be on Google Images all night tonight. And that's going to yeah. be you. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
yeah he's yeah. he's really um yeah he's amazing he's an amazing artist mm-hmm. and his paintings are incredible too it's like mm-hmm. yeah really really insane that's very insane great work wow a lot of motion and just like his style is really unique yeah i have a bunch of his books he's a I love his stuff. So, so when you are trying to do some new project, personal mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. is there any like their artistic style influence you to your new project? Yeah, have you always trying to have you always tried to apply it. Well, I I've come to the the realization that mm-hmm. everything is has been done. You know. Mm-hmm. So if everything yeah. has been done, then all we can do is create and blend things together. Basically, you know, like basically we can go, we can take influences. Like instead of taking two influences, I'll take like ten influences. You know, mm-hmm. like I'll be like, oh, I like the cinematography of this thing. I'll combine it with the design of that thing, and then I will make my, I'll add my own thing to it. Then it would mm-hmm. be a new thing from that, you know, kind you of know I mean? mix of yeah. yeah. But I try to make it so that you can't tell where it came from, though. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because I, I hate it when I post something up like, "Oh, it looks like that." I'm like, Fuck, yeah, man, I didn't do a good <laughs> enough job. Yeah, you know? and I'm like, "Shut up, you fucking yeah, people!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate it. It's a PSA to everybody that does that to me. Please stop because I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just block yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's such yeah. an insult because I'm like, I don't care. Then don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking of that, I have another question. Sure. Can I ask? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, because you've been, like, creating your personal work, mm-hmm. like, new work, I found out, like, every time when you posted your new work, you kind of start a trend. There is, I figure out, there is always a lot of like people on the internet or like trying to mimic your style or even trying to expanding your idea. I find out like something, some some people might even take advantage of this. So, do you feel sad about it? How do you deal with this scenario? Uh, do you do you even have um, some negative energy? Uh, no, I mean, I'd really try not to. I think mm-hmm. it's like um, you can't control it. I think the yeah. thing is you make your work and you make it really pure from your heart or your soul or whatever. And then the the beauty is making it and then the joy is seeing it being made. The moment you give it to the world, it, there's two sides to it. You mm-hmm. have to release your work because you have to share it. Because yeah. it's important to share your work, because primarily because it helps you exist in the realm of. Because if I never shared my work, then it would never. I would be an artist that would be like, maybe when I'm dead, I show it, and then people are like, oh wow, this is crazy, this is a weird person never shared their work, and we never knew about it until now. Mm-hmm. So that's so you basically have to share it, and so. But then when you share it, you're basically you've given your work away to the public because it doesn't belong to you anymore. Mm, you know, so. Right. So, I mean, sure, people do that. And, and sometimes it's like a flattering thing. It's like, oh, that's flattering. That's nice that you're doing that. And then sometimes it's really like, ah, oh, that's really gross. And it's sad, you know. But I don't care if, if, if and, and I'm speaking completely candidly, I don't care if somebody takes the, the work that I do and is inspired by it as a student mm-hmm. to study it. 
or to do yeah. whatever. But then when you're making yeah, I, money off of it, it's very yeah. frustrating because it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because it's it's ethically wrong, you know. So yeah, because they're basically taking a, they're taking something from me almost, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like robbing me if it's if that yeah, makes sense. yeah, yeah. So, and that's ethically wrong, but <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I try, I, I, I try to just not care and focus on those things and just focus on what it is that I'm doing with my life. And then everything mm. else kind of, it all kind of goes together from there really. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, all right. yeah, I think there's not, it's a, you would waste a lot of time. I think if you were constantly looking at what other people were doing. Yeah, totally. So. And also this negative energy kind of very bad to, yes. To, to you it can right. consume you yeah yeah in a bad way how about yourself yeah. how do you deal with it and what do you uh, think about that stuff uh i'm not like a su- successful artist i didn't like find out like anyone trying to well you're two years like, in it's pretty yeah. crazy what you've done so yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah i kind of have some like thought about it so that's what I, why i'm asking you mm-hmm. good yeah. question yeah yeah because i kind of facing like maybe a little bit this problem a little bit sure. just yeah i'm i'm like having negative energy but i don't think i think this is this energy is very bad to my creative side because i it kind of trying to narrow me down yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't want to be so narrow i don't want to yeah just like you said like the world doesn't belong to you anymore more after you share it and they I, I was trying to like think think in this way like if people like it they mimic it they just like your success but yeah it's so frustrating if if you see someone like took the advantage it's always very frustrating yeah. i don't know yeah well also um <laughs> when you do this work and you release it then it's like it's not yours anymore. And then at the same time, you can just move on. The thing that I've learned to come to terms with too, is that um, they can copy you, but they can never be you. So yeah, you'll always be one step ahead because you're yeah. authentically yourself, you know? Yeah. So that's something as well. I, like I said, I don't think it's wrong if people are just studying it, you know, just mm-hmm. using it for study, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And they're just doing it. They're mimicking as a study um, thing, but I think the the real problem ethically is when people are um, there; they know better, and they're still copying. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because and they're they're cheating themselves. That's really the problem. They're yeah. cheating themselves of, a, of an authentic experience. You know. So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. Like, I, I look at I'm, I'm not famous or anything so I, I look at people that are really famous and mm-hmm. I know some really interesting people that are really really high up there mm-hmm. and um, I look at them and I'm like wow it's crazy that what they have to deal with it's crazy mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how they deal with it so I look at them and I kind of look back at myself and go oh this is nothing this is such a small yeah. thing yeah <laughs> so, but our, our, yeah. our industry is very small though too so yeah you know, yeah but I think it's best in life in general. A friend of mine taught me something really great. He said, like, it's best just to focus your energy on positive things as much as you can because life is too short. Mm-hmm. And the more you can just kind of mm-hmm. focus your life on things that matter in a positive way, then the better you're going to be off in life because you're going to have more time and energy to do things that matter in a positive way, you know? Right, so, right. And 
you need all that kind of positive energy as, as you can, because what you're going to end up doing is very taxing, yeah. very challenging on your soul and yourself. Because most of the time when we create at a high level, we're very frustrated and it's very energy intensive. So it's best to be motivated in a positive way because you can be motivated in a negative way. Mm. And I have, and that's fine. But then it, it, I think it's just bad though, because it just leads to bad things. So Yeah. 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 And I also think it's a sign to like notice you. Maybe it's, it's the time to move on to the next idea or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Just think that way will be feel better, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember like a lot of, when I first started, I, I would do user interface design. I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. So I would now do it. And then um, it became kind of a trendy thing. Yes, so yes. when it became that, I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. So I stayed away from mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. if I was going to do it, I was going to do it. Like I would only do it if it was going to be different. So I did it. I think the last project I did it like on was like Assassin's Creed, but I wanted it to be so different from anything I ever did, which is like, I want it to be no colors, very mm-hmm. brutal and real and ultra detailed with like unique things. So it wasn't mm-hmm. typical. So that was really important because it challenged me creatively. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. That's th- a good thing to you, like on creative side. You have to, you know, because yeah. there's only so much time and I don't want to look back at my body of work and be like regretting things, you know, because so, mm, right. it's so easy to just take a job and get paid for it and then repeat yourself. Mm, um, right. But then it's like, well, what are you doing? You know, so. I know I'm pushing a lot of my opinions in this conversation, so I sorry. And if I'm a if I'm offending anybody in here, perhaps I'm saying like if you're offended by things, perhaps it's there's some truth there. Because mm. I always when I get offended by things, I'm always like, shit, maybe this person's right. Maybe mm. maybe I have a big problem that I need to face, you know. So mm. or maybe mm. not at all. Maybe it's just stupid shit. So yeah. So what's in the future for you? You're at Elastic. You've been working at this thing for two years now which is crazy your growth is is crazy i'm really surprised at that that's a that's really great because i'm thinking if you go at the pace that you're going now and if you continue to to grow and learn and 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 work at this speed i'm curious to see where you're going to be in four or in in four total years you know in two years Mm -hmm. from now yeah or six so do you do you have an idea plan uh like kind of a focus outline of dreams and things you want to accomplish in the near future? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take more responsibility. Mm. <laughs> and um, uh, it's hard to say if I want to be an art director or a creative director later because I really enjoy like making frames. Like, sure. yeah, like I really enjoy like training myself like level up my skill really dive into it um i don't know if like later maybe i will be an art director if i really have the time to keep up the skills yeah. i don't know yeah it kind of because art director you have to like direct. manage yeah. yeah direct manage yeah. people deal with client it's not but, that fun yeah yeah it's it's more like managing people basically. yeah 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 but I, I always thought I wanted to be a director until I realized it's like such a so much more just like handling and directing people and it's like oh yeah know. it's cool but yeah it sounds like you enjoy the creative process more yeah yeah 
I feel like I'm more like a craftsman right now, sure. but I really enjoy like crafting stuff as for now. But I don't know what will happen. Maybe I will see some limitation at some point. Sure, as yeah, you yeah. should, because you'll yeah, grow. Yeah, as I as I did like before, I saw some limitation and I switch. Maybe that will happen again. Yeah, yeah. so it's hard to predict. I I would say. Sure. Yeah. But you're yeah. that's good that you're open to possibilities and trying yeah. new things because. Yeah. That just that explains how you've learned so fast because you keep an open mind. The more open minded you are, I think, to things, the better um, your your less expectations, and then you have an open mind to things, and then you can flow yes. faster, which is great. Yeah, because um, you can transition more nimbly and you can work quickly on things. So, yeah, yeah. that's cool because you never know where your career is going to take you because it's all based on like your experiences, basically mm. what what it motivates you at that time could change right so, right like like you know you could be into photography or whatever yes um, yes and you, and you don't know so until you yeah. actually go into it because sometimes it's always funny too i'll go and do a bunch of photography and i'm like ah it's so fun and then i'll have to go back to 3d i fucking hate it because i'm like <laughs> fuck what's the fucking stupid button that i miss oh fuck yeah. you know and i just it's so frustrating so it's yeah. real, sometimes it's really hard and i go like why am i doing this it's yeah. so frustrating <sighs> And yeah. I have to remind myself, like, oh, you're, I'm doing it because it's, it's very powerful. Mm. Once it works, it's the most insane thing. So, mm. that, I don't know. I was just more or less curious. Do you do lists or make lists for yourself and priorities and stuff? Oh, I'm really bad at this. Yeah? Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm really bad. Yeah. After I, because that's the why, like, why I ask you how to manage yourself. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I have to deal with, like, for next. I would say, like, for next, I want to, like, keep continue learning more technical stuff so have less limitation to execute it, the visuals. Yeah. Another is, like, time management to, like you said, like, to really understand the priority of your life, of your work, yeah. trying to figure out, yeah. And like you said, like, not repeating what you have done, trying to always make something new. Mm. Otherwise, I would just maybe just be craftsman forever, I think. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, maybe that's something that's not too bad as well. But it yeah. all depends on your personal happiness, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I have I have um, four books for you that I think are five books for you mm -hmm. that I suggest. And these are five yep. books that I give to everybody as a suggestion. Mm -hmm. Number one is Mastery by Robert Greene. Mm -hmm. Amazing book. Just, it's just amazing. Super good. And it'll help you. Um, it helps me and everybody I know that on this podcast is very familiar with me talking about these books. Mm -hmm. Number two is Eat That Frog, which I mentioned yeah. earlier. I wrote that. That's a down. really, yeah. really good book. I'd highly suggest that one. Number three is called Manage Your Day to Day. And that's by Scott Belsky, the guy who created Behance, I believe, 99 mm -hmm. Well, But Manage Your Day to Day is really good. That will help you with your priorities and time management and just having a good system. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the other books here. Um, the other one is uh, the 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 War of Art or the Art of War? No, the War of Art. Yeah, the War mm -hmm. of Art. That's by Stephen Pressfield, and that's all about procrastination and how to to beat it and manifest it and pro and and, and um, personify it basically, which is really mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think there's another book but I can't think of it now there's two books named Mastery though so both of them are great so when you look them up they're both really really good books 
Mm-hmm. Um, highly suggest those. I'm I'm currently listening to this book called The Happiness Hypothesis, and I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying that. That's been really good. Um, happiness hypothesis. Yeah, the happiness hypothesis. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's all about this scholar basically goes through, I'm only a couple hours in, so I can't really give a perfect analysis of it, but he's basically gone through like all these religions and all these cultures and found these through line um, like patterns that happen um, and occur for people to, to spark joy or happiness in their lives. And he kind of culminates them all together. And so he shares this like list of 10 things or something and, mm-hmm. and, and really goes into each one in each detail and breaks down why this works and all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I highly suggest that one. That one's a good one mm-hmm. so far. Nice. But, but yeah, those are, that's a lot of books. But anyways, the main two that I would really highly suggest you, you check out that might help you is, is mastery, Robert Greene's mastery or the other one doesn't matter. Well, mastery, Robert Greene's great. And then, um, eat eat the that frog. frog. Yeah. 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 Those two, I think, will change your life. Okay, perfect. Thank it's you. It's literally like a, it's like it's the most powerful tool if you know, if you are ready to handle it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then once you do, then it's like game over. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I talked so much on this. I know you said that you want, you had questions for me, so <laughs> it was more of a yeah. back and forth. So, and uh, you know, these podcasts are all designed to kind of have a free flow to them too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really enjoy it, like this free flow. <laughs> cool. I think yeah. for me, it's always like whenever I would listen to a podcast, I really hate when people are fake. It drives mm-hmm. me crazy because so many people are fake, and it's like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to hear you being fake. I don't care about that. I'd rather you be authentic or don't do it mm-hmm. at all. So mm-hmm. right. that's, that's always been because that's where the real good information is. You know, it's like when people are questioning themselves and criticizing themselves in a, in a, in a positive way in a sense, you know, so, um, but it's, it's always difficult too. So, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's really, I'm really impressed with what you've been able to accomplish in two years. And I really come, come, commemorate you and, and honor what you've done. Cause it's really amazing what you've accomplished in the time and Thank the duration. You. And, and, um, <laughs> it's really cool. I'm excited to see, where your work's going to look like in the next two years, you know, and mm-hmm. what you're going to attach, mm-hmm. be attached to and stuff and, and how your style is going to blossom and work from, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. After like talking with you today, cause I like before we want to like start a podcast, I was like super nervous, like, Oh, like I'm still like just graduate from school. Like, <laughs> like such limited experience, like <laughs> I sort of can ask me questions. <laughs> what should I respond? Oh, so, you did but, great. Yeah, but after today, like I just, because I've been like in the industry for five months, because I really want to talk with you because I think you have like the same situation like me. It might be very good. It's, it is a really good chance to talk with you here today to get your advice. So I think I can... Like, I don't know. I can see clear later. Amazing. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to help. I'm, thank you. Today's, yeah, because today's you asked me a lot of questions. Hmm. Before you asked me some questions, I never thought about it. But after you after you asked me this question, and I kind of answered, and I didn't even realize I answered it. There you and go. I, yeah, and I could realize, oh, 
yeah, this is what I'm going to do next. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. when you listen to it, if you ever listen to it, I usually don't because I don't listen to my podcast because I <laughs> hate, hate my stupid voice and I do all <laughs> stupid things. But um, when you listen to it later, it also gives you even more information yeah. about your psyche, where your mind's at, mm. things that you didn't realize that you were considering and thinking about too. Right, right. And how you react to things and how you answer things. It says a lot about you. It's really mm -hmm. interesting. So, mm -hmm. yeah. No, I'm happy to help in any way possible. So, um, I'm really excited yeah. to see what you're going to create. And and I really appreciate you spending that time. I know this is, like you said, you're nervous and you could have said no. And that happens a lot too. People say no because mm -hmm. they're either nervous or too shy. But you had the courage to do this and share it with everybody as well, which is awesome. So, and I'm sure people out there, there's a lot of people that probably connect with your same situation and have questions mm -hmm. just like yours that you're answering for them. So, yeah. yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. And yeah. Thank you. Have an amazing night and hopefully you can get your priorities sorted so you can do more passion projects and inspire yes. the rest of us. So yes. I'm looking forward to that too. And also yeah. your client work too, which I'm sure is brilliant and awesome. So. Yeah, because yeah, you're a part of a really amazing team in this time in this industry. You're at one of the best studios, which is amazing. So, yeah, I'm very thankful for everything. Yeah. All right, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Big thank yous to Ming for sharing her time with us this week. You can always find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com/slash two hundred and one. And you can also find all kinds of information on our Facebook and Twitter and iTunes podcast page. Be sure to, if you have any questions or suggestions, just use the podcast website, uh, thecollectivepodcast.com, and uh, get at, get reach out to us if you have any inquiries or needs or um, questions. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Have an amazing day, everybody. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.